Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Active Quest. This is episode 56. I am a very tired Joseph Yaden, and joining me today is Mr. Josh Nichols. What's up, Josh? Hey, what's up? I am also very tired. <laughs> yeah, what kind of day did you have today? Oh, I didn't really do anything, just a you know busy week. Sure. Yeah. Man, so Kennedy and I pretty much cleaned the whole house today. And we like it was thorough. It was a thorough clean. It's so nice and afterwards, though, when you just get to look around and go, "Man, that looks so nice." Oh my god! You just yes. Get to enjoy how nice the house is. Yeah, I'm in that. I'm in that stage right now. But man, I, I, like you start to get the sniffles because of all the dust, and then mm-hmm. your body's just like, "Hey, man, you need to settle down." So, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I did. But yeah, also had a. a pretty busy week at work and everything and we were actually discussing earlier that it wasn't too busy of a week in the video game world oh there's my medicine everybody take your medicine drink your water bitch (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah thank you everybody for joining us uh what are we going to talk about today josh let's see we've got just a couple things here anthem is of course getting its uh long rumored and long speculated redesign so we'll talk about that uh mr jeff Keeley, mr game awards is not gonna be at e3 2020 so that's kind of interesting um what else we had th- th- this game called outriders by what's the name of that studio josh do you know off the top of your head i was uh, i think it's people can fly that made people can fly right? yeah yeah, exactly. So they there's it's like next gen uh, footage of a, of a of a game that's going to be I don't I guess exclusively on next gen is what we is pretty I think that's what we determined right Josh or I is think, that also right, coming yeah. to last gen Yeah, I don't know. We'll get into it later. Um, and then the big story of the week is the Bloomberg uh, PS5 price speculation so we'll talk about that um chris is out this week so i know last week we discussed his vicious cough he had and i guess it finally took him over this week and he is down for the count um we were joking earlier i said hey chris if you die can i get your moose because <laughs> obviously all canadians mm-hmm. own mooses obviously um so there's that uh josh did you see the sonic movie 
Uh, I didn't see it yet, but we're gonna see it eventually. I'm, I'm tempted just to wait till it's on a streaming service, because then I, I don't know, it's really easy for me to be easy on a movie if I didn't have to put any effort into watching it. Like, if I don't have to go anywhere, <laughs> I don't have to spend any money, then I'm, like, way yeah. more, like, I don't know. I did a, a, a few YouTuber, like YouTubers that, like, talk about movies and stuff. I did, like, see coverage of it, and um, mm-hmm. people seem to be enjoying it. Um, it yeah. seems to be in between um, Detective Pikachu and then, like, bad video game movies, where it's not, like, as yeah. good as Detective Pikachu, but, like, it's 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 good. It's fine, you know? It's, like, a, right. it's fun. So I looked up uh, all of the live-action video game movies on Wikipedia. There's actually a list of them. And you can sort it by either Rotten Tomatoes rating or Metacritic, one or the other. And it's actually the second best-rated video game movie behind uh, Detective Pikachu. So in terms of video game movies, it's doing well. Uh, Putting aside that it's a video game movie... I think critics are kind of meh on it. It's getting like it seems like it's five. like min- it's going to be like minions quality. You know, like it's it's fine, yeah. whatever. You it's know? fine, yeah, yeah. But Jim Detective Carrey's Pikachu cool. isn't you know is like you know it's above that. It's it's just yeah. It's not as it's not ever like oh this isn't funny. Like there's there's fart jokes and shit in the Sonic movie. It's like your more of your average <laughs> kids movie. So sure. there's jokes like that in it from what I heard. Whereas Detective Pikachu didn't really like cater too much to younger people i think i don't know it's i think sonic i think they were trying to shoot for like our age and little kids and so that's why it's kind of maybe inconsistent there but mm-hmm. i'm definitely gonna see it at some point it looks fun yeah I'll ch- i might check it out i like jim carrey a lot mm-hmm. um all right so a couple other housekeeping notes again i'm gonna be at pax in a couple weeks uh, if any PR people are listening to this, please continue to send me your invites. Dude, it's crazy. Every day I get at least 10 to 15 invites for packs. It's Dang. like You should get Xbox's autograph for me. Just Xbox, yeah. Mr. Xbox. Mr. Xbox, yeah. you got to find him. Um, I'm shooting for uh, trying to get into some of the Sony stuff that's going on there because I know Last of Us is going to be there. Uh, what's that? Uh, God. a Predator. The Predator game is gonna be there, and something else, maybe Final Fantasy. I don't know. I'm really so, excited for um packs for like for Sony specifically because since they're not doing E3, like yeah. maybe they're gonna talk about some stuff there because they've either got some more stuff coming out this year that we don't know about yet, or this year is gonna be kind of slow and that's okay because they've got some big stuff coming out. And then they're going to probably announce some coming soon type stuff for next gen. So either either yeah. way, whatever they announce will be exciting, and I'm, I'm excited. I have a feeling we're going to find out a little bit more from Sony, um, with like probably within the next week or so, simply because they're going to be at PAX. I feel like they're going to have some playable stuff there that we don't even know about. Nothing huge like, you know, Ghost of Tsushima or anything like that, but I feel like something maybe. Like yeah, they need to do something because they're honestly, I'm sure I'm not the only one. We're getting into the irritation territory of like the Batman leaks for me with with like oh Sony. Gosh, Just like yeah. announce your stuff and stop being so coy, please. You know, like, yeah, it's not it's, cute. It's time. Like it's coming out this year. You've already said that, so you've got ten months till it releases. I would imagine, unless it gets delayed by the you know coronavirus or something else. Jesus you know, Christ, yeah. it, it's coming out soon. So they got to talk about it. Right. Um, also, I'm. On the fence about E3, probably leaning towards yes, but we'll see what else happens with that. If any, if anybody else pulls out, I don't know. There was out, there was actually that leak, which I don't want to cover this like at, you know in full because it's not really 
there's not really a whole lot to mention about it, but there was that uh, E3 leak uh, earlier this week that basically uh, was a list of all of the exhibitors that are going to be there, but it's a list in progress, so people are still being added to it, or companies are still being added to it. A lot of people went nuts because I've Nintendo actually got that there. Like, on my phone. It's Se- okay, so Sega, Bandai Namco, Take Two, Xbox, WB Games, Capcom, Bethesda, uh, Ubisoft, Square Enix, and Nintendo are the yeah. Is there the, so, is the list so far? Yeah, so that'll continue to get updated. The other big story about that was that it leaked. Uh, it wasn't supposed to leak. And I actually wrote up a story for this for PlayStation Life- Lifestyle, and I sort of leaned into the cybersecurity part of that, where I was like, you know, hey, uh, in, in the aftermath of all the media leaks from last year, Sony uh, or the ESA promised they would be you know they would lean more into cybersecurity, and yet this leaked still so like how good are they although that's a really good point like everyone's like please don't leak my address again and they're like stuff that doesn't even really matter as much as leaking right yeah they can't even keep their own shit straight so you know we'll see so yeah i might still go but i don't know we'll see um a couple other things uh i hopefully you notice a difference in my audio quality i know last week's wasn't great i had a problem with my audio we, we use these cardboard boxes so i i'm gonna have to get a new one um and so hopefully this sounds a little bit better than last week uh other thing uh yesterday was valentine's day so i hope everybody had a lovely day if you were if you have a partner if you're single i also hope you had a lovely day bonus um, points if you watch sonic and then you got your own golden ring hmm <laughs> You know what was funny? Uh, Kennedy and I were talking about Cupid earlier, uh-huh. and I determined that I feel like Cupid is a little rapey. And I, let me I tell think you so. why. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, like, you hire Cupid, or maybe you don't hire him. I don't know. Whatever. You you, you contact Cupid or his. I mean, whatever, best case scenario, kid. he's just bored and doing it. Either way, it's weird. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But you you call his secretary and get an appointment set up, and he shoots somebody that you're into with an arrow. And then they, what, I guess they're under a spell? He's like walking around shooting and people with start... fuck darts. Yeah, it's weird. Fuck darts, yeah. <laughs> fuck darts, exactly. You got it. I just, I don't know, man. If somebody doesn't like you, then they don't like you. You shouldn't be... You shouldn't be like, hey, you know, I know you don't like me, but here's a fuck dart. Yeah. yeah, you shouldn't be like, whatever, put it, you know, getting potions and shit all up in... Yeah, same thing with Harry know. Potter. Becca and I were like, yeah. like, even back when we reading the books, we were like, I don't, I don't know about that. That's no, kind of weird. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully, if anybody had a date or whatever yesterday, that it was... I hope it was consensual as fuck. And so consensual as fuck, yes. Uh, and then I hope afterwards oh. you peed to reduce your chances of urinary tract infection, <laughs> which men can get to. And then sure. hope you drank your water, bitch, and had your medication. Bitch and medication, sure. Um, the other thing we were discussing is... Ha- Sorry, I'm oh. so thirsty. This is a Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. They're so delicious. There's oh, not a I'm drop of sugar in it, and it tastes like Mountain Dew. Wonderful. Um, we, I, I'm still rocking my uh, orange vanilla seltzer water. Um, last thing to cover before we get into the, the show here. Uh, Kennedy and I were also discussing how badly do you think those theaters smelled uh, that were showing Sonic yesterday? Because think of the clientele, right? <laughs> you, got, you got your kids, right, and the parents that take their kids. Well, kids smell badly, just... As they just is. they just touch dirt and shit. Yeah, kids can smell bad. They do. Right. 
then then there's like people like you and me who oh those are probably the cleanest people out of the and even then like if i'm if i'm i'm usually a little sweaty by that time of day if i'm going after work you know (laughs) i've been working all day and shit like you know fair enough yeah no one takes a shower and then goes straight to the movies sure um but then (laughs) um I'm just laughing at what you just said, sorry. Uh, but Jesus Christ. Um, but then you – and I don't know what to call these people, but the people who watch Sonic porn, uh, whatever that group of people is, they probably don't smell very good either. So I'm just saying those theaters probably didn't smell very good. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. And then it's just – it's a weird comp- – it's a weird audience to watch that movie with. Because at least with cats, it's like people that legitimately like it and people that are high out of their mind and bored. <laughs> with Sonic, it's like kids, weird nerds, regular nerds, uh, parents that don't know what they're in for, oh, Jim Carrey God. fans that are lost, like, you know, just all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I say lost because, like, just because you're like Jim Carrey doesn't mean you're going to be down with everything that's about to happen no. in front of you, you know? No. So anyway, moral of that story is please wash your... Wash your body, bitch. Drink your water, bitch. (laughs) God. All right. Um, Anyhow, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, You can find our show on iTunes, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere that's got uh, podcasts. Um, Follow us on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, please contact us at our email, which is ActiveQuestPodcast at gmail.com. Um, we've got our shirts, of course, link in the in the show notes, and we are a part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network, where there are also a whole bunch of other awesome shows, so please be sure to check those out. Um, what else, Josh? Anything else before we jump into the quick notes here and the rest of the show? Uh, I want to remind everybody to check out Mythic Quest. It's really mm. good. It's mm-hmm. uh, from Rob McElhenney from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia fame. Uh, Charlie Day isn't in the show, at least not yet, but he's also one of the, you know, producers for it. And David Hornsby, who is Rickety Cricket, and it's always sounding in Philly. Like, you know, they're all involved with it. Uh, Ubisoft's involved with it. I know a lot of people kind of rolled their eyes when it was announced to E3, but the reason it was announced to E3 is because Ubisoft is, like, a, one of the production companies involved. So that's why they showed it then. But it's really good. Um, Becca and I watched it, you know, like, in like, she finish a day. It? Yeah, we watched the whole season in a day. It was really good. Cool. Um, and if you're like, I'm not going to watch it, please at least watch the fifth episode. It functions really well as a standalone. And it's got um, J- Jake Johnson from like a uh, new girl. And um, uh, what's her name? Kristen. Is it Kristen McCotty? McCotty, I think her name is. She was I, I the um, the mother in How I Met Your Mother. I like that's where most people know her from. But anyway, they're in it and they do a really good like it's it's really I hope that episode wins awards like it's it's really good. But yeah, just cool. check it out. I know a lot of people are kind of like, ugh, but it's it's it actually like has like actual, you know, um, like it's it's grounded in video game stuff. Like it's not like Big Bang Theory where you're just like, please stop, you know. It's yeah. It actually feels like it's legitimate. <laughs> like, you know, they have issues that you would pop up. You know, like for example, a bunch of uh, players in this games as a service like MMO type game that they have end up uh, <laughs> putting swastikas in it you know because they're shitty, shitty people do that and then like the developer has to wake up in the morning and fucking you know be like oh great they're oh, yeah. you know do it you know what i mean like they got to respond to shit that people do and like mm-hmm. kotaku like they actually mentioned kotaku and things like that so like 
when that happens, they like they're it's all over the news. Like they're like, oh, Kotaku's talking about how our game's like a Nazi training ground. This is fucking great, you know. And like they have to fix the issue and respond to it. And like I don't know, it's just got stuff that is like real world, like that would happen type type stuff. But it's also funny in how the characters respond to it. And I don't know, I would just really recommend it. You can get a free cool. week of Apple TV Plus, um, which that service works on other devices too. It's just their streaming service. Um, yeah. So you could watch that show in less than a week and just try it out for the free trial. Or the service is like five bucks a month. So anyway, yeah. I just want to recommend people watch that. It's real good. Cool. Um, other quick thing I wanted to get to here. Uh, this there, there was a story that popped up earlier this week. Um, Disney is asking developers to come play with its properties. Mm, yeah. um, this was interesting to me. Um, so, like, you know, obviously you've got your Marvel stuff, your, your Marvel's Avengers, your Kingdom Hearts. So, I yeah, your Jedi Fallen Order. They're probably which, seeing how successful Jedi Fallen Order was, and they're probably seeing how successful Battlefront 2 was once, it got, you know, once they fixed the game. Yeah. And they're probably because, like, hell yeah, do that again. Yeah, as, as much shit as people give Battlefront 2, it's still, like, one of the best-selling games you know it's been great for like the last like two years like they fixed it within the first year of it coming out and it's it's Mm -hmm. great now and it goes on sale all the time too so so what other disney property or whatever yeah i guess yeah disney property would you like to see in video game format um Mm. i'm not really too familiar with disney so like i don't have anything that comes to mind but i think maybe you're into disney a little bit more than i am well i mean Um, really you might be too because disney is this disgusting monopoly like they own everything so you mm-hmm. probably just don't realize what, you know, there's probably stuff you love that you don't even realize is Disney. Right. Um, so really, if anything, this is kind of exciting because Disney owns a lot of stuff. And they want people to make stuff off of it. So we might be able to see things. From, I mean, they own 20th Century Fox. You know, they bought them. So we might be able to see all kinds of, I mean, this, this, this could include Fantastic Four. This could include X-Men. I mean, it basically includes all of Marvel except for Spider-Man. Um... And Which then I have a feeling maybe sometime, uh, eventually that's going to change. Eventually, yeah. not anytime soon. But it just seems too weird that yeah, you know. But I mean, they they, they own all kinds Spider-Man. of things. So I mean, we I mean, I mean Star Wars, um, Marvel. I mean, all of their stuff. I mean, we could start seeing really cool stuff. You know, get adapted. Um, and honestly, I miss those like licensed games from when we were kids. Because yeah, some there were some really cool good. license games. Like I really liked Hercules in the PS One. Um, oh man, I liked yeah. um, Bugs Life. That was cool. Bugs Life was really fun. I lost a lot, so I remember Chopper going, "You just lost like a thousand times." <laughs> but yeah, like the Toy Story games were fucking sweet. Like there were some really good uh, g- licensed games. And then when mobile gaming got big, they were like, "Oh well, let's just you know release a mobile yeah. game tie-in." So, so hopefully we start seeing more licensed <laughs> games like we used yeah. to see. Uh, the other story I wanted to just quickly touch on is the Nintendo PlayStation that's being auctioned off, and it looks like it's going to sell for four hundred thousand uh, dollars. There's we got a Kotaku story in the show notes, but um, there's a whole bunch of people who are like really against that and that they want it to be in like a museum. Like th- there's a bunch of memes of uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Um, I haven't seen those yet. That's great. Yeah, which is you know. I guess I agree with that. Cause you know Honestly, like IGN or somebody should just it. buy it. You know, like they should mm-hmm. just throw, I mean, a, a company like IGN or Game Informer should just throw like a million dollars at it so it could just be preserved. Yeah. Yeah. So that was an interesting story. Look, read, Go look about, look, look up about the Nintendo PlayStation. It's very interesting history. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then the final stuff before jumping into the news is just uh, some more Final Fantasy VII stuff popped up. Uh, just some more info about side quests. Uh, the opening cinematic, I think, uh, came up, so you guys can take a look at that. I don't want to see anything about that game. I don't either. Like, I'm just going to jump in blind. Like, I don't need to see anything else. If, I, if, if there was zero marketing from now up until its launch... I would be totally fine with that. So I've avoided that most of that want. game, so I'm just going to try to experience it because I, I never got to play it, so I'm somebody that's basically going in for the first time. Oh, Other, wow. other, than, other than playing the first few hours of it, um, yeah. on my PS3, and then I played the first few hours again on the Switch. Other, you know, But I basically was like, I'm not going to be able to finish this before the Man, game comes out, so I'm just going to play it's it. It's so crazy because I, I don't... I, it's not like a one-to-one remake, but it's you know it's pretty close and it's so funny because like the opening sequence where this isn't like a spoiler or anything cloud uh he like gets off the train and then like the camera turns and it goes behind him and then that's when you can start playing Mm -hmm. well i i i I put i wrote up a story i guess it was like a month or two ago about this and it was a screenshot of the camera right behind cloud next to the train in the original and then the same thing in the in the remake and it's just it's just crazy how far we've come so mm-hmm. i'm really really excited about that um and yeah let's see what what is that april sometime that that comes out so yeah. that'll be exciting um okay josh let's jump into the news i have no idea how far into the episode we are here cuz it took us a minute uh after we <laughs> after we did our uh, countdown there so yeah. hopefully we're not like too far into the episode here all right Let's do some news here. All right, first story, and this is a pretty big deal. Uh, Of course, you know, just as everybody speculated, Anthem is getting a pretty big redesign. Let's read this story here. This is Brian Shee, I think that's how you say his name. He's really nice, by the way, uh, over at Game Informer. So Bioware commits to, quote, longer-term redesign of Anthem. So yeah, let's read this here. It reads, quote, One of the biggest flops of 2019 was Bioware's living sci-fi game, Anthem. While it received middling review scores based on the content available at launch, it quickly became apparent the development team did not have sufficient long-term content or gameplay evolution plans in place to sustain a dedicated community the way a living game needs to in the current landscape. Many Anthem players have felt abandoned by the teams or by the development team's lack of meaningful new content in the year since its launch. Today, BioWare General Manager Casey Hudson announced plans for the future of Anthem. In a a post on the BioWare blog, Hudson says last year has seen the team focused on improving, quote, stability, performance, and general quality of life while delivering three seasons of new content and features, end quote. Many of players have been dissatisfied with not only the quantity of content released by BioWare, but the pace at which it has come to the game as well. In the post, Hudson says he understands that players yearn for a, quote, more satisfying loot experience, better long-term progression, and a more fulfilling game, end quote. Uh, To address these concerns... Hudson says Anthem will receive a, quote, more substantial reinvention than an update or expansion, end quote. And then here's a quote from the blog post. 
uh, reads, quote, over the coming months, we will be, or sorry, we will be focusing on a longer term redesign of the experience, specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards, while preserving the fun of flying and fighting in a vast science fantasy setting. And to do that properly, we'll be doing something we'd like to have done more the first, or sorry, more of the first time around, giving a focus team the time and the time to test and iterate, focusing on gameplay first, end quote. Josh, how do you feel about this? This is very, I don't know. I think it's really cool because it may result, if it goes well and if it's profitable, which it probably will be, uh, if, if we have a No Man's Sky level of turnaround on this, then what may end up happening is EA may finally relinquish its tight grip on BioWare's creative process because they may be reminded that if they just leave BioWare the fuck alone, then they'll make a good product that, you know, sells. Sure. Well, like, I get... All right, in general, I think this is good. Like, obviously, the game needs this, but my hang-up with this is this quote here from the blog post let me read this again uh we'll be doing something we'd like to have done more of the first time around giving a focus team the time to test and iterate focusing on gameplay first focusing on gameplay first so what were they focusing on before well um jason shire's (laughs) got a really good write-up on the development of this game and it's it, it it was basically um, kind of like Peter Jackson with The Hobbit, where like it was being, the, it's like they were driving on the road as they were building the road. Like uh, the development uh. was so str- like like there were so many development problems, and a lot of them came from um, it being designed by a committee. You know, too many cooks in the kitchen from EA. Uh, they also uh, Bioware struggled a lot with the Frostbite engine because it's 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 basically the uh sentence used to describe frostbite's strengths slash problems are it's really good at doing things it already does and of course yeah. it was it was made as uh you know by dice for a uh, uh, battlefield and basically once you design the once you create a process the engine or create a create a uh a sequence the engine that you know it for it to do something then it will it, it can work really good but They've had so much experience with the Unreal Engine that um, it, it just was really difficult for them, just from the engine alone. So there were just there were a lot of problems. I'll try to link that in the show notes if I remember the Jason Jason Schreier's article. But I I don't I I actually kind of really get that quote because that the game wasn't designed with gameplay in mind. The game the game was designed with uh, the budget and bullet points and the big picture, and because of that, the details got lost, which. The game <laughs> skeletons actually designed really well, so I, I I don't know. I read that, I hear that quote, and it it, it makes sense because this game was designed with everything but the game in mind and the gameplay. I just I it shouldn't have been, but it it, it totally was. It just was. I question I, I question what the direction of this game was supposed. Oh, there to there, be. there was no yeah there was uh, no direction. Yeah, that was like the and, and how much money have they have they poured into this, and how much money do they need to make for this to be profitable? Oh, it's probably I, I, not going to be. I think this game I think this game turning around is going to be more about investing in the future and with the fans. You know, if if right. EA and BioWare turn this around, then they can kind of get, you know, the goodwill of people back and then if anything it might make it so like 
Dragon Age and games, you know, coming out in the future will do better because people instead of people being like, no, they fucked up Anthem, I'm not going to give them another chance. Instead, they'll be like, no, I trust them again. They fixed Anthem, you know. That's that's kind of my thing. That's what I'm I, thinking. I don't feel very optimistic about all of this, uh, to be honest. And in a pre No Man's Sky world, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But in a post No Man's Sky world, I do. So I. Yeah, but I understand why people wouldn't be feeling. Uh, all right, let's move on to another pretty big story here. Oh, uh, and Jeff- they, they better not charge anybody for any no. fucking changes that already bought the game. Otherwise, all that good PR will, <laughs> will just be completely undone. And the reason I bring that up is I could see EA doing that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. I just don't feel very strongly about it. Or I don't feel uh, very optimistic. But yeah, let's move on to another story here. Uh, this is a pretty big one. Uh, Jeff Keighley, the creator and host of the Game Awards, is not going to be at E3 this year, joining Sony and possibly others who are pulling out of the show. Um, he announced this on Twitter, so let's read his whole tweet here. Um, this is a statement from Jeff Keighley on E3. It reads, quote, For the past 25 years, I have attended every E3. Covering, hosting, and sharing E3 has always been a highlight of my career, not to mention a defining part of my career. I've debated what to say about E3 2020. While I want to support the developers who will showcase their work, I also need to be open and honest with you, the fans, about precisely what to expect from me. I have made the difficult decision to decline to produce E3 Coliseum. For the first time in 25 years, I will not be participating in E3. I look forward to supporting the industry in other ways and at other events in the future. So a couple things to say about that. Number one, for those who aren't aware, uh, his main role at E3 was this E3 Coliseum thing. And basically it's like an off-site event from E3. It's still considered part of E3, but it's not actually at DLA Convention Center. And, yeah, basically he hosts these little events where developers are, like, interviewed. It's kind of like a panel, almost, where there's, like, a little bit of an audience and it's all recorded and everything. Like, I went to one uh, with Kojima and uh, Jordan Vote roberts the, uh, the King Kong director guy, uh, and he was apparently working with Kojima to make the Metal Gear Solid movie, that kind of thing. So anyway, that, that there's that I wanted to say. The other thing is at the end here where he says he looks forward to supporting the industry in other ways and at other events. I think he's referring to Gamescom. Uh, last year he did that Gamescom opening night thing, and that actually went over pretty well, I think. So that's, I think, what he's referring to, maybe a couple other things. Uh, Josh, tell me your thoughts on this. I don't fault him for not wanting to go because um, he has different ideas than what they're doing, you know, than, than they do at this point in time. I don't think he meant for this to be a big story. So I'm sure he probably doesn't enjoy it being kind of, you know, I mean, I know it is a big story, but I'm saying, I, I don't think he enjoys, I don't think he was trying to tell the world this. I think, you know, he was just asked about it and it probably blew up. So I'm sure he's probably, uh, probably not really, uh, too big on that. Like what I'm saying is I don't think he was trying to make a statement by not going. I think he just wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. Um, I do think E3 needs to change, but I'm definitely, and I think I'm in the minority, but I definitely am not in the same spot. I, a lot of people seem to be in where they think EA or E3 just is not good anymore. I don't know. This may be an unpopular opinion, but it feels like Sony said it wasn't good anymore. And then a lot of people were like, yeah, E3 sucks. And so I'm actually kind of um, annoyed by all of it. I think that's fair. 
because obviously Sony is. I'm not saying huge. it's perfect, but I just I don't understand why people went from E3 is fucking cool, and then uh, you know it feels like yeah. overnight they're like, oh yeah, no E3 is dumb. No, so. I think that's a fair point. Um, it's just that the reality is that it's been sort of on a decline even before Sony pulled out. Um, I think pretty much when they first started letting fans in, which was 2017, is like when it really, really went downhill. And it it going downhill, I mean, that's a, there's a number of things, a number of reasons for that. Um, but... I think yeah. Sony's uncertainty and not knowing what they're going to be doing and not having really much to announce are being misconstrued as confidence and E3 being irrelevant. And I think yeah. that's what's frustrating to me. I wish Sony would just say we don't have that much to talk about right now because that's actually fine because they don't need to have a bunch of stuff to announce. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what frustrates me, though, is people acting like E3 just doesn't matter anymore. Um, I do agree that things about it have gotten bad, but I don't think it's gotten bad now. I think it's been on the steady decline for a while because they need to kind of reinvent and change the show in the age of the internet. And I don't think that's an E3-specific issue. I think that's an <laughs> award show-specific issue as well. Yeah. Like, and in general, are... like, the Oscars and the Grammys have had these issues, too. Sure. They are working on that. I just... Uh, again, I don't feel <laughs> I don't feel very optimistic about it. Uh, it's just... It, it's not what it used to be. I mean, we've talked about E3 before, so we don't need to dwell on it too much. But, yeah, man, I, I think this is a really big deal that Jeff Keighley's not going to be there. And I... I feel like this could sort of motivate or demotivate, I guess, people to to not like to follow suit, basically, to not come to the show. As I well. also so, think that the Game Awards yeah. doesn't help E3's case because mm-hmm. the Game Awards could, over time, basically absorb E3's intentions and purposes, and because you know these things could just be announced there instead. Sure. So, and, and it could yeah. end up just being a bigger event, maybe be two days long, and then there's stuff showing off, and then the next day is the show. I mean, I could see that happening in the future because this event is arguably better, and right. we have the internet you know what's, too. Uh, what's so interesting, uh, what you just mentioned about you know how it could be a longer event, it almost sort of used to be that because uh, Thursday is always the Game Awards, right? Uh-huh. Well, and then it used to be Saturday, Sunday was PSX. Yep which was about 30 minutes away over at Anaheim. So, you know, obviously they don't do PSX anymore, but yeah, it almost sort of used to be that. And I remember, you know, seeing some stuff announced at the Game Awards and then, you know, getting to play it at PSX or at least, you know, getting to see more of it or something. So, yeah, I would love to see PSX return. And yeah, or maybe something like a longer Game Awards I think would be interesting. But yeah, really fascinating that he's not going to be there. And I think it's sort of just more evidence of you know people not being so hot on e3 anymore yeah um so yeah um all right next story let's talk about this outriders game because this is uh this was one of the big stories earlier this week um i actually have a story here this is from a publication called inverse and this is written by thomas franzesi franzes franzis i'm bad at names um all right title is this epic outriders trailer is the nail in anthem's coffin oh you know what we should have put this one before to sort of piggyback off of anthem that was my bad um all right let's read this here quote we know about or sorry let me let me restart i'm bad at reading too (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we know about very few next-gen games outside of halo infinite 
Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2, and Godfall. Hey, which, by the way, this is interesting. I didn't know it was called Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2. I thought it was called Hellblade 2, Senua's Saga. I thought it was, too. I almost wonder if this is, like, a typo. Because I, don't... I think I've seen Microsoft advertise it in what you just said. Huh. Well, if I read that wrong, you can blame Mr. Thomas Forenzi here or whatever. All right. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, Senua Saga, Hellblade 2, and Godfall. But Square Enix has added another exciting game to the pile with the debut trailer of Outriders, a hardcore action RPG that feels like a mashup of Destiny, Anthem, and Gears of War. Square Enix first teased Outriders, a three-player sci-fi shooter from Bulletstorm and Gears of War Judgment developer People Can Fly at E3 2019. On Tuesday, we got another look at the game thanks to an intense new trailer. Even though Outriders has been slightly delayed with its release date shifted from summer 2020 to holiday 2020, Square uh, Square Enix confirmed that the sci-fi shooter will be launching on PS5 and Xbox Series X in addition to PC, PS4, Xbox One. Uh, It's first... Oh, okay, so what we were talking about earlier about how I thought it was uh, next-gen only. That's not true. It's coming to uh, current-gen as well. Uh, Its first trailer is bombastic and intense. The game seems poised to achieve what Anthem never could, and on next-gen consoles, no less. In the trailer, a female voice narrates humanity's desperate struggle for survival on an alien planet called called Enoch, but after some kind of mysterious, seemingly malevolent magical force, quote, consumed humanity rather than save it, everything changes. Creepy enemies and intense combat abound in the trailer. Uh, yeah, so you guys should go check this out. Seems kind of interesting. Um, it's just, you know, right now we're grasping at any next-gen information, so, you know, seeing seeing stuff like this is really cool. Um, interesting that it's releasing on current-gen as well. Uh, anytime I hear anything about cross-generational games, I'm a little bit confused because the next-gen consoles are supposed to be backwards compatible, so, like... What does that even mean? Like I think across... it's going to be like the enhanced kind of ports, but yeah, like kind of like the uh, yeah. Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. But yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with you. Like that line's getting blurred more and more where it's like... Right. And there's that problem. That actually happens sometimes now on Xbox because like there's there's 360 games that were cross-gen and like, you know, it's backwards compatible. And then, you, you know, there's also the next-gen version. And there's actually some cases where like I actually bought the game on next gen and then later it became backwards compatible so i'll have two copies of the game next to each other and that's kind of funny to see (laughs) so but what do you make of this outriders game it looks pretty cool i I think it's i mean i i I think it's i'm the audience for it because i mean i i I love destiny and i love gears 4 so a little biased and probably being excited for it but i mean any any game that competes with destiny makes me happy because i i do love destiny but that game's got issues for sure um, so having a competitor in that space makes me happy because it makes it so Bungie has to stay on their toes. Sure. Yeah, I think that's really important. Because, like, I think it's pretty obvious that Destiny does this the best, uh, which is so interesting because, you know, there's been so many loud complaints about yeah, it. Yeah, people right? complain, but, like, I mean, right. at its core, Destiny is a damn good game. Right. I mean, it feels good. It looks good. It's got really good support, and I think it's gotten even better ever since, mm-hmm. um you know, Activision split with Bungie. But anyway, yeah, I think this will be cool. It's interesting that it's three players. You don't really see that too often. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Go check out the trailer. 
Uh, People Can Fly is a studio that I just like. I don't really know a whole lot about. I mean, obviously, Bulletstorm is really interesting. It would have sold so much better if it wasn't marketed poorly by EA. It's it's a really really interesting game. Um, yeah. It's, it's it. It really encouraged like experimentation and, and like uh, doing different kinds of kills and making things more like more stylish. So it's 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 a really it had a really cool concept. So I'm already interested that they're entering this new space because I'd like to see what they do to it. And it's interesting too that the, it seems like they've worked with Epic a lot, right? Like they've mm-hmm. done they did the Gears of War Judgment. Obviously, Bulletstorm uh, was like published by Epic or. Epic was involved in that in some yeah, way. Yeah, Epic was involved with it, but I think it was I think it was published by EA. But yeah, Epic was yeah they were involved with it. I don't know if they like co-developed it or what, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think this is a studio that has a lot, like they've got a lot of chops, you know. Yeah. So I think yeah I think this game could be really cool. And again, it's just exciting to hear about that game. Next. By the way, Bulletstorm, it's so much fun playing that game with the Duke Nukem DLC. Because they didn't change, and this is fine, it works. They didn't change any of the dialogue for any of the other characters. If you play as Duke Nukem, Duke Nukem reacts to that. So they'll be, like, calling you by the actual main character's name, and he'll just be like, who the hell is that? I'm Duke Nukem. It's just, (laughs) it's so fucking funny. Like, I haven't played the whole game like that, but I played some of it and I watched clips. It's, It's really funny. I'd like to see more DLC like that in games. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, speaking of next gen, let's do this last story here. Now, here's the deal with this. Um, so the original report is from Bloomberg, but it's really, really like there's a lot to it. It's it, and it's like a lot of like marketing. Well, not marketing speak, but I don't know. I, I feel like it doesn't read. There's a lot as, of conclusions being drawn here. Yeah. Yeah, and it just it doesn't read as well i think and yeah it is a lot of a, a lot of conclude and you know nothing is confirmed this is just like these are analysts and sort of we're entering the speculation phase of the year right but especially since we're... sony and xbox haven't really given us that much information to really hold on to sure but um bloomberg is a reputable uh, site and these aren't just you know predictions being pulled out of somebody's ass they're like educated yeah like educated predictions based on other things that maybe we don't know about. Um, so in the show notes, I've actually got a Gamatsu report because it just reads a little bit better. Uh, so, but the original report is from Bloomberg, and that's uh, Takashi Mo- Mochizuki. But the Gamatsu report is from Sal Romano. So let's just read the Gamatsu report just because that one, like I said, is a little bit easier to read. Um, all right, so it reads, quote, Scarce components have increased manufacturing costs for PlayStation 5 to around 450 per unit, according to a Bloomberg report, citing, quote, people with knowledge of the matter, end quote. See, that's where we start to get speculative, because who yeah. the fuck knows what that means. Whereas Sony Interactive Entertainment uh, typically finalizes a console's price in February of the release year, followed by mass produce, uh, production in the spring, Bloomberg reports the company is taking a wait-and-see approach with PS5. The PS4, which was released in November 2013 for 399 U.S. dollars, is estimated to have a to have cost uh, 381 U.S. dollars to manufacture. If the PS5 has a similar similar gross margin, its retail price would have to be at least 470 dollars. 
According to Bloomberg, Sony Interactive Entertainment's biggest struggle is securing a reliable supply of DRAM and NAND flash memory. I don't know what any of that means, uh, as both are in high demand. Some SIE staff think the new console should be sold at a loss if necessary to match the price of Xbox Series X, as the platform would profit from game software and online service sales, while others would prefer the hardware or sorry, oh yeah, would prefer the hardware make a profit from the get-go, says the report. Obviously. <laughs> That's me saying obviously. Um, while most of the PS5 components are reportedly locked down, including the, quote, unusually expensive cooling system to, quote, uh, make sure heat dissipation from the powerful chips housed inside the console isn't an issue, end quote. Bloomberg cites, quote, several people with knowledge of the matter, end quote, uh, (laughs) who said that some previously planned features for a new mirrorless camera have been canceled due to the constrained DRAM supply. Is it DRAM or D-R-A-M? I don't know anything. Um, I think, I I don't know either. Um, D-R-A-M, you guys know what I'm talking about, or maybe you don't. You can look it up. (laughs) There's a rapper, there's a rapper that goes by DRAM and his name stands for Does Real Ass Music. I hope that's what it means because I, I like that's got to be what it is he seems he's like great. he's an expensive guy um so what, what I, do you think of the pricing i think that both companies are playing chicken i think they're waiting yeah. for you know the other one to pick so here's the deal um yeah i mean it's not unusual for consoles to be sold at a loss at launch most, most of the time they are nintendo yeah, is the, the only company that ever has sold them at a profit right um so, in, the, in the beginning of course then eventually they recoup yeah um, yeah, so, like, that's not weird, but there's a few things to note with this. Um, first of all, where it says here the the PS4 was estimated to have cost $381, um, I don't know if that's including, like, the boxes, like, the shipping and, you know, uh, any sort of, like, little headphones that come with it, any sort of packaging... Uh, but you know that's something to take into consideration as well uh the packaging and all of that the shipping the you know uh accounting for retailers all this uh, i know when i worked at gamestop i asked how much we made on the systems and they said about five to seven dollars and i was like that's fucking stupid why don't we make more and he goes well if we complain and ask them why don't we make more on the system their response is we're losing 30 or 40 dollars a box so exactly you know enjoy your seven dollars that you're getting yeah uh, so there's a lot to consider with that. Now, um, going into the PS4, I feel like Sony was maybe a little in a little bit of a different position than they are now. Obviously, I mean, 108 million PS4s have been sold. That's uh, now that's pro- that's profitable for Sony, right? Um, and I think maybe the company could afford to eat a little bit of that cost this time around. Much, maybe much more so than last go around. The other thing to note as well is you have to account for inflation with this. Um, uh, 2013's $400 is, I looked it up, it's roughly around $450 today. So, you know, uh, where it says here in this report, uh, its retail price would have to be at least $470. Well, compared to 2013, you know that's that's not too far off right and i based on these reports i think the main point is everybody is speculating that there is no way this system's going to be below 400 dollars 
Uh, which... I just want them to be below 500. I would be happy if they were both 500. I think 500 is looking pretty, pretty... Mm. Like, I'd be fine with that. <sighs> it, once we get into $600, I'd be like, oh, come oh, on. Oh, no. I think... But 500, dude, I think... I'm fine with that. I think $600 is, there's no way it's going to be $600. I think if there's a $600 version, it should be like the, hey, this is the one that's backwards compatible with every generation type PlayStation 5. Or, you know, like the souped up one, or it's got the bigger hard drive. I hope the base models are just 500 or less. Um, Yeah. I don't know about, you know, multiple SKUs. Uh, I, oh, I yeah. I should add, I'm, I'm just saying that. There's no, that hasn't been I, talked about. I'm just saying, no. I hope that 500 is the most the base system is. Right. Um, I, so man, there's a lot, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Okay. So first of all, $600 is flat out just too much. Like regardless of anything, I just think it's too much. Especially for parents. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you and I, I mean, will pay it, but like mom and well, dad. Uh, I don't know that I would on it. I, well, maybe I would. It depends on what it is. That's the thing. We don't even know what this thing comes with. So it's hard to even talk about the price. The other thing is $600 has a terrible connotation due to the PS3. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, we remember how how horrible that was, yeah. right? With with the marketing for that, so I just don't think Sony's going to go for six hundred. I think five hundred's a pretty safe bet. I think if they could get it down to four hundred and just eat, oh god. I do think that if Xbox announces five hundred first, then Sony's going to say four fifty or four hundred because that that uh, right out the gate. Uh, edge is is you know much sought after like they're 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 competing for like a lot so because i mean sony kind of has a competitor again finally they haven't had they didn't have a serious one for most of this generation but the last half xbox started to get its shit together so i mean you know they're actually taking xbox seriously now so yeah we're gonna see make, more competition i think what what do you think of this what if okay let's say xbox goes first and says hey ours is 500 and then like you said sony comes out and says our box is 450 what do you think do you think microsoft would turn around and say just kidding we're actually 450 as well oh i could see them doing that microsoft i mean for for microsoft money is just something that everybody (laughs) else uses that they have like they i mean they own windows i mean they own so many fucking i know sony's (laughs) huge too but i'm just saying microsoft is like absurdly huge so microsoft has no problem at all losing as much money as they have to you know on on an xbox so they can just get into your living room so that way they can can, because they just they need to get sold they they need to sell systems when that when the new xbox comes out because if it does they'll be able to compete because they've got they're doing they're doing good stuff now they just have to convince people you know when at launch so i i I could absolutely see that happening Uh, i could even i could even potentially seeing it happen the other way around because these companies are just getting oh. very aggressive in their marketing yeah. because they recognize, you know, how, how you know, it's just getting so much more competitive between the two, which is which is nice for us. It's you know, it's good for consumers. But yeah, I could totally see that happening. I I think you're right, and honestly, I think it behooves Microsoft to come out, you know, at a lower price just because they're they've got they, more to con- they've got more to prove, right? And they uh, you know, they lost. I'm saying lost in air quotes because you know whatever the fuck that means i think they lost yeah i think they lost generation. a lot of battles this generation yeah. yeah i think that the the, the war was more tied but yeah the, they definitely lost pretty much every battle they, they could have well but. Uh, well uh, in terms of units sold oh I for think, sure but i'm talking I like think, backwards compatibility well, and some yeah, of the other yeah. things 
You know. But I mean, God, what? We don't even know how many Xboxes have units been sold. sold. Sony but, buried Microsoft but, for but sure. Yeah, let's just say, let's just even let's let's go high, let's highball it and say fifty million Xbox Ones have sold, which I don't think have. But let's just let's just say that it's still two to one. Yeah, right? I mean, PlayStation so, Four is one of the high. I mean, it's like up there with the highest selling systems. Yeah. So yeah, it, so, yeah. It, it didn't just it didn't just beat Microsoft. It did it did it like it did very very well like for gaming period. Um, yeah, I hope they're five hundred or less because we're buying both. So I mean, God damn. I really don't want to. I <laughs> I'm super. I hope Sony does this too. Xbox has already said that uh, accessories, including controllers, are going to be backwards compatible. Oh, so that yeah. means I get to start next gen with controllers already. Mm-hmm. You know, in addition to the one that comes to the system, so that at least is nice. I don't have to buy a second <laughs> controller. But. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's just so much we need to know, and both companies need to start talking fast. They really I think do. We'll, I think Especially we'll know for people by... that are doing Christmas shopping, like for their kids, you know? Yeah, I think we'll know by the end of E3, of course, so we'll see. Um, do all you right. think Sony would announce this kind of stuff at PAX, or do you think this is like a separate conference no. or PlayStation video? No way. I mean... Well, I mean, when are they going to announce it? Because they're not going to E3. That's that's what I'm trying to figure. Like, when are they going to... I mean, Chandler and I at P- uh, PlayStation Lifestyle were talking about this, and we were both under the impression they would have done their reveal by now. So oh, it's for really, sure. Really it's so, this is weird. Something's... I don't know, man. It's so weird. Writing do you for think a they don't know website, yet? Do you think they're trying to figure it out? Or do you think they're just waiting for Microsoft to... I don't know. I don't know, man. It's... It, I... I, I usually could, I consider myself pretty knowledgeable about the industry, and uh-huh. I am I am just like so thrown off by this. I don't even know, man. Uh, I think it's so weird. I think um, do I think they know what they're doing. I just I just feel like they're just being quiet. I don't okay, know. so what's what what's let's say this happens. Let's say we don't know how much it costs until the moment you buy it. You walk up to the cash register and you're like, hey, how much is this? Like, we gotta call Sony and ask. We don't know. <laughs> we gotta call xbox and ask we don't know call x call mr xbox yeah and like they're like i i gotta see if i have enough money in my account how much is this thing like i don't we gotta call xbox and ask they still haven't told us god so yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens but yeah check out the the bloomberg report um yeah it's pretty compelling stuff um all right josh let's take a little break uh and come back and talk about what we've been playing we'll be right back all right everybody and we are back uh, so normally this is the part of the show where we do our listener questions. Nobody wrote in this week, which is totally fine. Um, just remember, you can always reach us, like I said, at our email, activequestpodcast at gmail.com. Or every Wednesday we put up our Twitter thread soliciting uh, questions from the audience. So just look out for that. Uh, or you guys can write us individually or you know, write us on our Twitter page either way. But yeah, we love to hear your questions. No big deal that we don't have them this week. Wasn't very, you know, like I said, it wasn't uh, too big of a week in terms of video game stuff. So yeah, it was kind of a slower week too. Yeah. Like there wasn't too much that happened news wise either. Right. So instead, let's just skip to what we've been playing. Um, Let's, why don't, yeah, why don't you go first, Josh? Uh, Josh, you've been playing Bleeding Edge, which is Ninja Theory's new multiplayer game ninja theory is the studio behind hellblade which we were talking about earlier and they're now a microsoft owned property or owned studio uh so you've been playing the beta why don't you talk to us about it josh yeah so i i don't know if you have to 
pre I don't know if it's just completely open. I know that I'm able to play it because of Game Pass. I'm just mentioning that because if you've got Game Pass, you've got no reason not to check it out. Um, sure. Beyond that, I don't know if you have to like pre-order to play or if it's open or not. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so just bear that in mind if you're thinking about playing it. Um, it's it's really interesting. Um, I did the training mode. Well, I did part of it. I don't like training modes too much, but I wanted to do at least a little bit to learn the basics. But they do have a couple of in-depth things for training, so you can do that before you just start playing. But other than that, um, unless anything changes or I'm uh, before between now and when it comes out or they haven't announced, it's it's just a multiplayer game, um, and it's so, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, talk to us about what the game is though. Like, yeah, I mentioned it's multiplayer, but how does it work? Yeah, so it's it, it kind of reminds me of um, like uh, Overwatch and like Battleborn, and that it's kind of like a um, fuck. Sorry, Hero I should shooter. Yeah, yeah. I should say too. This these these are games that I know a lot of about. I don't know a lot about these games, but um, so you've got different characters, different abilities, and there's 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 the objective, and then there's also you know killing the other teammate type deathmatch stuff. Um, I played. Um, I don't know exactly how many if objective type based game modes there are, but I played one that was basically like um, control. Where you have well, no, not quite control. Basically, just like fuck. What's that mode like in Battlefront called? Where you just go like claim oh, the area? Is that control? Con, con, uh, no. Well, no, that's not what it's called. It's a uh, conquest in Call of Duty. It's called domination. Domination. Okay, so I played that kind of mode, um, and then I played like the standard kind of deathmatch mode. I don't know how many are in the beta. I don't know how many are in the actual game, but um, it's it's interesting. I really like the music. It's like really like electronic and bouncy. It kind of reminds me of like Rocket League. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's original music though. I don't think it's licensed stuff, but it's, it's really neat. And the graphics are really like fun and like kind of cell shaded. I don't think they're cell shaded, but they, you know, kind of evoke that kind of sense of style. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's neat. Um, it's, I'm not good at it. Uh, but like <laughs> I, pl- I try playing as a healer and then I try playing as a tank and then I try playing as, um, kind of, a uh, just more of a, like a foot soldier type character. The characters in the the world and like like world aesthetic are really neat. Like it, I, I don't know a lot about it, but it, I, I, this is gonna sound weird. Uh, it, it almost reminds me of like a the characters and like the world from like the uh, band Gorillas. Like it's oh. just really like like one of the guys has like a, a guitar for um, a weapon, and then like you have these like skateboards that are like hoverboards that you like can um, you can't from I remember like a tackle around that, but you could use them to quickly get to the area that you're trying to go to. And then you can jump off of them. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really weird. There's like elements and, and DNA that remind me of like Splatoon and Overwatch, but there's also, like I said, that gorilla's aesthetic is, I don't know. It's, it's very, it's going to be a very niche game. I don't think it's going to be as big as Overwatch, which is, is, is fine. Um, it, I, cause I mean, it's kind of a double a, I mean, technically it's triple a cause we're with Microsoft, but I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's Ninja theory. It's almost kind of like exists in that in between space where it's, you know, it's not tiny, but it's not overwatch. It's right in the middle. So I think it's going to have a good audience. And I, I, I think it's going to be probably, it's probably going to at least be moderately successful because it's functional and fun. I just don't know. I don't see it competing <clears throat> with, you know, the juggernauts of the, the genre, but it's, it's definitely fun. It's entertaining and. I'm looking forward to seeing the full game when it comes out. Yeah, it comes out soon, I think. I thought yeah. maybe next month or something. Now, let me ask you this. Um, so this is very different. 
mm-hmm. than uh, Ninja Theory's previous games. Do, can you see any correlation between their old games and this one, or is it is it completely unrecognizable that it's a Ninja Theory game? I wouldn't have guessed it was a Ninja Theory game if, if I didn't know it was, or if I didn't, you know, no one told me. That's really interesting. So, I mean, yeah. that, uh, that just tells you how like talented of a studio that is right mm-hmm. like that they can make something like hellblade they can make uh let's see what what are some other games I'm, I'm gonna pull up uh some of their ninja theory games because i I'm, I'm, i always get them confused with team ninja yeah i do too so you can edit this out one second uh, okay here we go so yeah um, oh, they did uh, Heavenly Sword, Enslaved Odyssey to the West, DMC Devil. Really good. Yeah, DMC Devil May Cry. So yeah, they've got some. They've done some pretty good stuff. Um, Bleeding Edge. Yeah, Senua's. Oh, okay. Hey, on Wikipedia it says Senua's Saga Hellblade Two, but it uses the the Roman numeral two instead mm-hmm. of the number two. I don't know. So yeah, I mean this studio, they. They know. I mean, they've got. I think that's the most exciting part about studios like them or Obsidian being owned by you know a company like Microsoft because they can experiment more and mm-hmm. you know they can take risks. If this game's not successful, that it you know it's not going to yeah. like shut them down. Sure. Um, I think so, I think what will help it a lot though is it, with it being in Game Pass, it'll be really accessible to a lot of people without yeah. them having to say I'm going to buy that. So hey, you know what I was thinking about recently. This is a little bit off topic, but. Uh, so you know how I'm somebody who's very into like, you know how well a game sells, and I know that's something that a lot of people uh, like to use as like you know this game is good because it sold well. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, how does that work with Game Pass? Like, do they even quantify those numbers, or does a studio like? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, does a studio? Yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, Spotify is for the music industry. It's like how do you? Mm-hmm. equate stuff to a sale how do you um, i don't know that? i don't know how microsoft equates i think they usually just announce like uh pe- active players that played it like i think for gears yeah. 5 they did something like it sold this much but then you know this many people played it in game pass sure i think but, they just announce it separately i don't remember but like but like what you know when there's an npd report or when we report on you know the most downloaded games or whatever. I don't know it, if MPD you, has something for Game Pass yet because it it's no, yeah because it it's so new. NPD only tracks dollar sales. Yeah, and it's only in the U.S. Uh, uh, yeah, they, they, it doesn't track it. But yeah, that's something I was thinking about. Like, because I know like Gears of War Five, it on paper didn't sell that great. I don't think, but a shit ton of people played it on Game Pass. So how does that work financially? That's kind of what my question was. I, I would love to find out more about how that works behind the scenes. Yeah, so, they yeah. haven't really announced too much, too many specifics on the pricing for uh, like how the contracts work. <laughs> um, we do know that games that have gone in there have sold really well, but we don't know um, the specifics and like how much money is Microsoft giving a company for putting the game in there, and does it is it kind of like a a blanket amount or is it a blanket amount and how many people installed it, how long they played it, you know, because they have that data too, you know? Right. So, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I'm with you though. I would really, I would love a Jason Schreier type piece on that kind of data. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Bleeding edge. It'll be out soon. And 
Yeah, look up how to get into the beta because I don't know how that works. That's something I wouldn't have checked out, by the way, either. Um, if it wasn't a game, not not because it doesn't look cool, and that's the thing. That's the beauty of something like Game Pass. Like I wouldn't have checked this out if it <laughs> if if I had to buy it, but like I checked it out and it's neat. And now I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm going to check that out when it releases. When on on Game otherwise, Pass. Otherwise, yeah, and otherwise it wouldn't have been something I would have just bought. But because I can just check it out without having that risk, so I I'm, I'm really excited to see how that affects multiplayer games yeah uh all right let me talk about what i've been playing i've had a little bit of a of a busier week in terms of playing games so that's kind of cool uh within the past few weeks or with the past few weeks i've been busy with work and so i haven't gotten to play mm-hmm. as much but yeah i've played a lot yeah of last stuff. week you hadn't played anything i think yeah or just... the previous week last episode you hadn't played anything yeah um so i i've actually played a lot i played divinity original sin 2 Mm. on the switch and that is a game that is so deep and it's it's very much an rpg it is like an isometric uh sort of like it's not turn well i guess it is turn-based but it's like it's It's weird Baldur's gate right games like that but it is like a dungeons and dragons ass rpg really cool I put probably about five hours into it. I don't think I'm going to keep playing it right now just because it's uh, it's way too in-depth for me. Yeah, it's something um, I you'll think, want to set, set aside for yeah, like, yeah, to yeah. focus on. I might come back to it later when I play more games like it. I, I It's just so complicated. But really cool. Um, re- it's a game that I can definitely see why people like and like that you can spend a lot of time in and it's it i I actually really liked it it's just wrong place wrong time for me right now but yeah that's actually uh, got cloud save support too with the steam version that's right yeah it's so cool um so yeah divinity original sin i just wanted to give that game a shout out it's a really really cool really interesting game and i can understand why it's so beloved uh played a little bit more of modern warfare season two just dropped recently um they put a couple new weapons and modes and stuff uh one thing that i really like that they did is they added akimbo uh handguns Mm. so you can dual wield just like in modern warfare see this update is very much like modern warfare 2 i heard Um, that yeah yeah it added uh well it hasn't added yet but it's going to be adding the ump 45 for modern warfare 2 uh, it's called something else. It's called the striker or something, but it's it's the ump. Um, and then it added a ghost, like a go- uh, from Modern Warfare Two. It's like a ghost operator where you can dress your character up as ghost. Um, and then it added the rust map from Modern Warfare Two as well. So this is like you know straight up like it's like a callback to Modern Warfare Two. Um, and then a lot of people have been speculating that its new uh, battle royale mode is going to be dropping soon. There were some leaks, and apparently it's going to be called Warzone. So maybe by this time next week we'll have more to report on that. Um, but yeah, the two I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth uh, about are uh, Spyro Reignited Trilogy and Gran Turismo Sport. Uh, let's talk about uh, Spyro first, just because that's you know a little bit more of a known qual- quantity. We can just quickly cover that. Uh, so I... <laughs> I can understand why that game did so well when it came out, and I can understand why it did so well again, you know, 20 years later. Uh, You know, all those old fans were, you know, sort of reliving their childhood, right? So, yeah, man, those games are gorgeous. Uh, It's so funny, too. I looked up a video of the original Spyro just to sort of put myself in that mindset 20 years ago, and, oh, man, those games look janky. Um... But yeah, they they improved it with the right stick controls and everything. And uh, one thing I I 
played the second Spyro back in the day, but only in demo form. I didn't actually play the full thing. And I've been trying to find that section because I didn't know which Spyro game it was. I didn't know what level it was. But I found out it's from Spyro 2, and the section is called uh, something Badlands, Skull something Badlands. Anyway, oh, that's a cool level. Yeah, yeah it's like lava. Uh, so I haven't gotten to that point yet, but yeah, I'm really, really excited to like keep playing, and it's just gonna be so nostalgic playing that because I, I I played that demo, you know, hundreds of times. Like you know, back in the day when you had a demo, you would just play it like for yeah. 40 hours. Like what the fuck? Yeah. So yeah. Um, oh, and then the other game I wanted to talk about, Gran Turismo Sport. So I've been slowly getting into racing games. Uh, did not think that was ever going to happen. Like, I, I t- totally disregarded racing games my whole life. And, yeah, um, I've been playing this uh, Asphalt 9 game on the Switch, and it's really cool, but it's, like, super arcade And so I'm like, let me try something a little bit more in-depth. And I picked up Gran Turismo Sport, and holy shit, it is a lot. Uh, God, I can tell the people who made that game are, like, so passionate about cars, you know? Yeah, those mm. games in Forza go into details that are, like, way above my knowledge. And right. even though I don't know the things, it's still cool to see it. Yeah. You know, because it, it, it just adds to the, the excitement and, the like, the, the way it works, the fun factor. Yeah. And the other thing that's really interesting, too, is I was always kind of, a, like, afraid of these simula- simulation racing games just because mm-hmm. I thought they were so hard. And, you know, I was so used to Need for Speed or Mario Kart, whatever, these, like, arcade-style racing games. And... In playing it, I, it's, like, totally fine. Like, I expected it to be complicated and, like, all these button controls that you're going to have to remember and just, you know, it's, like, very uh, – pushes back a lot. But it's totally fine. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it. I've been doing the training missions so far. Is that the and... one that's got VR too? Yes. Yeah, it does. Is the I VR tried... good? I haven't tried the VR yet. I'm still just trying to get acclimated to the game. Mm, okay. But – my god like the music is fancy it just feels fancy this game like it the music it, i almost feel like i need like a like some sort of fancy like alcoholic beverage while drinking it like it's like really know. expensive wine yeah and like whatever like a, like i need to be at a fancy italian restaurant with live jazz playing big like, olives big olives yeah and um but what's really cool is in the training mode uh so uh, there's like a goal for each training mission you have or it's not mission but like little training exercise and you get gold silver bronze whatever based on how quickly you do it or whatever it is um but what's really cool is every training uh mission has a video with voiceover explaining what you're supposed to do and in the video it shows exactly how to get gold medal on it which I think is really freaking cool. I, I, yeah. I almost wish other games implemented that. And, like, the 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 VO is done by, like, a British guy. It just sounds That's so cool. fancy. It yeah. just, it's, I, I don't know. I haven't even, like, explored the menus or anything. I bet, I bet it's even more fancy than I expected. But, yeah, it's so satisfying. And, like, every time you, you complete a mission or – I keep calling them missions. That's how you can tell I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Whatever. Anytime you do a race or complete a challenge, you get XP and you get money, and it's like it's so rewarding. I I, I can't imagine I'm going to get good at this game, but I think as a PlayStation fan and as somebody who's trying to get into racing games, I'm really excited to play more Gran Turismo Sport. I'll have more to report back on next week. Um. So, other than that, 
haven't. I, I, I guess that's it. I, I, I thought I played more than. Oh, I, I played some more Smash. You know, nothing too much to report on that. But yeah, um, hopefully Chris will be back next week to talk about some more games. We got a code. I don't know what the embargo is for that, so I don't want to talk about it right now. Josh, you, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but we will cover that next week, I guess. Um, so, I don't know if I'll have time to play that either, so I'm glad that you and Chris are going to be able yeah. to talk about it, because I'm interested in it. You know, it sounds like it's going to be a good game. Yeah, and it's it, uh, it's one that, you know, I think it's like a, a bigger title. So yeah, just, I think people yeah. are looking forward to it. Yeah. So cool, that's been episode 56. Thank you everybody for listening. Josh, where can people find you when you're not on the show? Uh, at Mr. Josh Nichols on Twitter and uh, JerkJerk77 on Twitch. I've been trying to uh, stream a little <laughs> bit more. Um, and um, yeah, uh, this was a slow news week, but whenever it's a slow news week, I'm always excited for like people like you that like write for websites. Because I'm like, oh, you got to like relax. That's cool. Well, I mean, a little bit, you know. I still have to do my job, right? Like it. I don't know. I actually kind of prefer the busier weeks because it's oh, okay. easier to find stories. Yeah, yeah. Because when it's really slow, you're just like searching for stories, like scrounging. Oh, whereas like when it's busy, it's like oh, I'll just I could just pick these five. There's ten yep. to pick from. Oh, yep. Okay. Yeah. So I actually kind of prefer when it's busier. Um. Cool. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Joseph Yaden. Again, make sure you, uh, if you're PR and you're listening to this, you send me your invites for packs. Uh, and yeah, I don't know that I have anything in the works right now. I mean, I'm always, here's the, I mean, as a freelancer, I'm like, I'm always sort of like trying things or thinking about things, but I don't like saying, you know, yes, this thing is going to happen because it, as a freelancer, so many things seem like they're going to happen. And then yeah, things almost happen all the time. Right, yeah. So oh, every week there's things that almost happen, but they don't. So so that's why I don't like to you know say, yep, this is for sure happening. So anyway, uh, we appreciate everybody for listening. Hopefully, Chris Oh, help us get uh, some more week. iTunes reviews because oh, then Chris right. is going to – Chris will play 20 hours of Red Dead 2 if we get – what is it, 20 reviews? No, for, 40. 40 reviews. That's a lot. And yeah, I want him to play that because I think that if he plays 20 hours of it, he'll actually yeah, be he'll invested actually like and keep it. playing. Yeah. Yeah. So we're at f- uh, 10 reviews right now. And I know that sounds like a lot to get to 40, but really it's just 30 more reviews. Like that's not that. We've got more than that many listeners for sure. So yeah, yeah we just absolutely. need just we just need some of you guys to just, just, you can even give us a three or a four star. I mean, obviously fives are better, but like, we're not going to beg for five. You can give us four. It's okay. No, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to yeah, I'm beg. I'm begging. Please, five. <laughs> Please. Uh, so that's, thank you for bringing that up, Josh. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully Chris will be back next week for episode 57. But until then, we appreciate you for listening and take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.